Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm a staff pastor at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House. Uh, we're in the Portland metro area, Portland, Vancouver, Tigard, downtown Portland, and all the way down in Eugene. Uh, shout out to the Eugene family down there. Go Ducks. Okay, I, I do realize some of you down there in Eugene may be Beavers fans, but we're praying for you right now that in <laughs> Jesus' name, that would be solved. Um, anyways, today is exciting because I have another guest here in the studio. Max Bravo, welcome to the studio. Hey, how how thank, are you today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, Max, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself and what brings you here today to the Growing Faith Podcast? A little bit about myself, you know, one of my nicknames is I'm a Maxtrovert, which means I'm a little above what a normal extrovert is. <laughs> love people, uh, love doing life with people, just love being a part of the community, which is exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to just bring up the topic of how we need community in our lives. Yeah, I mean, even the, the title of today's episode is Why Groups Community. So. Um, I think in our culture, we have to continually answer the question of why groups to people, because um, as a small groups pastor and you a small groups coach at our Mill Plain campus, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're always trying to get people connected into community. But I feel like sometimes we're trying to sell drinks to people that don't know that they're thirsty. (laughs) That's right. They they don't realize they're, they're thirsty. And so. Uh, we have to continually answer these questions of why why groups and and so today i think one of the answers to that question is the need for community and so i love um, you being kind of the quintessential builder of community mm-hmm. uh, i always like to bring in the real life voices yeah. of the groups uh, teams group leaders groups coaches groups ministry leaders etc um, that are living the real life and so I love, I love that you work a full-time job. Uh, you serve on the worship team uh, just so, so faithfully, and yet you make time to lead a pretty significant uh, men's small group on our Mill Plain campus. And then I know that you, you're just helping build the small group ministry for, for this campus uh, overall. Yeah. So let's let's jump in. Uh, well. Tell us, how long have you been a part of Mana House? What's your journey been there? Um, I'm originally from San Diego, California, um, and I moved here. It'll actually be seven years in February, on Valentine's Day to be exact. Um, just felt really connected to this community, felt that there was a, a DNA here that existed within my own, and uh, just felt like I was a part of this family and needed to continue to, to, to journey with uh, Mana House. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically how long I've been here. I uh, kind of hit the ground running. I remember I was here uh, one Sunday, and by next Sunday I was in the Belong uh, class. Uh, I wasn't messing around. I wanted to be, I wanted to serve. I felt a calling to be here. I felt like there was something that I could contribute, as well as I felt that the uh, community here had a lot to pour into me, and I just felt like it was a great partnership. Since I know you love um, surprises, I just had a question I, I want to run by you. I think you'll be able to handle it just uh, off the cuff. But I just think about 
Um, you, you do have a good, uh, a pretty significant amount of gifting in the worship arena. Um, and, but I mean, gosh, as I've seen you lead groups and seen you be so effective in building community and really just legitimately pastoring people in that context, talk to me a little bit about um, maybe the balancing or why, why would you work so hard to pursue the small group angle when you're already so involved in the church, in the worship, in the worship arena? Does that question make yeah, sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, <clears throat> I believe that we were created to connect. I really do believe that uh, there's something in us that uh, wants to belong and wants to uh, be known. And I think that it's funny because it, uh, my passion comes from an area in where uh, I find myself lacking sometimes. You know, I'm a single uh, man, 47 years old, never been married, uh, no kids. And so, but yet I adore family and I adore connecting and I adore uh, being a part of something. So it, it almost stems from a need that I have in myself to say, well, I can't be the only one that needs to connect in this way. Uh, so I, as I continue to just gather people and, and try to form some sort of a, of a connection to the church, to God, you know, to fellowship, I've realized that it goes beyond even being single. Uh, found that even in my men's group, as the majority of them are married with children and live busy lives, uh, that it's actually meeting a need in that group mm. to go ahead and take the extra time and sacrifice that Monday for two and a half hours or sometimes two uh, to connect. You know, so I, I have found that to be very a very important thing for all of us to have. <clears throat> I love what you say there about being somewhere and and having something that you're passionate about and actually something that you need that isn't super readily available. And yet your response to that isn't to go look somewhere else, right. but your answer to it is to, well, perhaps, perhaps God's called me to this place to be part of the answer. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really powerful uh, response to that situation. Because, um, I mean, I think we run into it all over the place. I mean, right. I, I always use the example of, uh, you know, collecting socks for homeless people. Somebody could come to our church or to many other churches and have a passion for getting socks for homeless people. Um, and there be no ministry in the church that does it. Um, and so your, your choices are really I could go somewhere else and try to find it somewhere else. Or perhaps God has called me to this place right. to bring that to this place. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Um, and I, I know that uh, our first point that we were going to cover is that community is not an option. And I feel like you've kind of already kind of said it in different mm -hmm. language. Um, but I'm, what I'm so curious about uh, is, is the challenge of building community. Because I think... I think um, our listening audience of the Growing Faith podcast probably fairly on board with the idea that community is not an option, I think. Um, and so one thing that you're just, as you were describing your group, a bunch of men, a lot of them married with kids, busy lives, and yet for some reason, they're making time to come to a group once a week for two to two and a half hours. 
um, that that doesn't strike me as something ju that just happens. Right. Like that's kind of like um, I, I felt like I saw antennas coming out of your head. Like you're like an alien. Like what? <laughs> like what in the world is going on here? So can you just give some quick reflection? Because I know it's not just happening on accident. I know that there's intentionality right. going on here. So can you help me and any group leaders out there that are hungry to build community in their small group? What is it that you bring to the table that helps bring that sense of community? Um, I think that right off the bat, um, just through the years, I have realized that you can't expect people to go somewhere uh, verbally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, where you're not willing to go. And right from the very beginning, I decided that I was going to be real with the guys that are there, and I was going to lay on the table, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, exactly where I was with my walk. And uh, I remember there was a time um, 158 days ago, to be exact, where I admitted to my group that I wasn't in the word. I was struggling with with even the desire to uh, do that. I, I found it easier to be in fellowship, to to be on the worship team. Mm. And I told them straight out. I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play any games with you guys. This is where I'm at." And I said, "Next time we meet, I will be doing the first 15." And here I am, 158 days later. Two of the guys decided to join me, and they are now on 108 days of meeting with the Lord in the morning. I think it's that type of vulnerability that made the difference between a fellowship group and a men's group that uh, is meeting with the intention to grow. And I think that people, not just men, people are hungry for that. And when they get a taste of that type of vulnerability, it says, I'm here to grow. I'm not here to just joke around and have them talk about the sports and the, you know, and the whatnot. We have that fellowship time, but I'm telling you, the intentionality is to, we are going to have an encounter in this two and a half hours. And it happens each time. And I really believe that that's what's bringing them uh, back each week. Because we meet every week. So... You've you've led groups that met less often, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So can you tell me the difference that you've experienced from meeting less often to meeting weekly? Like what has been positively, negatively? Um, well, a lot of the positives are uh, that, you know, when I was meeting bi-monthly, uh, bi uh, in other groups, it seemed like if someone missed one week, then it seemed like that it felt like so much longer before you saw them again, which kind of unfortunately made it easier to not come back the next week. Mm. Whereas in when we're meeting weekly, uh, there seems to be a wow, last week, it was just seven days ago we met and we had either a great prayer time or someone shared. It's almost like you, um, you know, kind of like a, watching a TV show that to be continued. It almost feels like, wow, you do really want to jump back into the next week and be a part of this group. Not to mention that the brotherhood and the, and the bond that we have as men has so this been so strengthened that at this point we've uh, gone from guys that are coming to grounded to we're real brothers and we real, really are friends and care about each other. So at this point, it just has become a big family reunion weekly. So talk to me about how the community spills out beyond the confines of the group meeting. Like, um, how does it affect people's Sunday morning experience? How does it affect their 
um, your group meets on Monday, so we'll say the Tuesday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, how does it affect their lives in that regard? We have a we have a group uh, a group on Facebook. It's an instant message where we go in there and continue the connection. I'm very intentional about not leaving it as a week, a once a week kind of interaction, uh, and I think that that does set the tone. Uh, once I was connecting with them individually as well as corporately, uh, then it became that a friend friendships were were being formed from that interaction and then pretty soon you you had this guy help this guy move a couch you know somebody needed uh, prayer for some serious things that were happening in their personal lives it just spilled over into a um, a real relationship and a real community that met uh, that met needs beyond the Monday that we met uh, one of my most favorite things to see is well, when you see the guys from grounded in the lobby at church that they actually have instead of some of them came from knowing hardly anybody or even being here a long time and not connecting at all for years and years and now they say hey that guy goes to my group oh this guy's here and then you just start seeing the little clusters of the grounded guys hanging out in the sunday morning uh before church and after church and i think that's one of my favorite things to see because i i see that that what's happening on monday is spilling over into the community throughout the week and then I think that then strengthens the church as a whole um, because those people are coming in and no longer feeling like uh, a number, right. just somebody in the sea of everybody else's, but they actually feel like someone who's known. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like part of the family. They feel like they belong. And that then creates an environment where other people um, are able to find a place to belong as well. Right. Um, I think it's, you know, Ephesians 4 says that when everybody finds their place, that the whole body is built up together in love. And sometimes I, we think of it, and I say this all the time, so <clears throat> I would be uh, just as guilty. Sometimes we think of that almost in like function, like when you find your place of function. And I believe that's true because, uh, you know, every every part of your body does a function, right? And if you're little finger is not doing its function there are challenges in life right. and apparently your little toe if your little toe <laughs> isn't working you have to learn how to walk again and right. I, apparently i my little wow. toe works so yes. thank the lord for that so <laughs> but i was just realizing that when everybody finds their place in community the whole body is built up together in love and what a powerful what a powerful dynamic that is um, so, so we've talked about community is not an option, and, and I think that you've then communicated that community doesn't happen by accident, that, that there needs to be intentionality. And, and I think that you've built, uh, you've talked about a couple of specifics. You've talked about building um, a Facebook group. You've talked about um, group chat or not so much a Facebook group, but a Facebook group chat, mm -hmm. a place where people can connect, and just the importance of connecting outside the walls of the group meeting. Right. And I thought it was very fascinating to me as you talked about vulnerability and how vulnerability seems like something that could scare people away, especially from the leader perspective, because mm -hmm. people are like, oh, well, Max, you're the leader of the group. You can't let people know that you got, you can't let people know you got chinks in your armor um, because you're the leader. How are you going to lead people if they think you're a hot mess? Right. So what do you, what's your response to someone that even asks you that question? Like, 
Um, how are you going to lead anybody, hot mess boy? Like, what, <laughs> like what's the story there? It's, it's interesting because uh, when you are willing to be vulnerable, no one questions you. It doesn't even come to the point where somebody asks you that question. I have never been asked that question. That has never been something that's come back to bite me. Uh, you know, it's never, it's never been a negative uh, experience. And so uh, part of me feels like I can't answer that question in that sense because it doesn't lead to that. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to, uh, you have to hide and you have to only present your best self. Well, I'm not sure how you are, but one of my things is when I see somebody performing in a way that, um, that I start to feel like I could never reach that. I struggle, you know, I struggle. I'm not, the, I'm not a perfect person. I have a bad attitude. I don't always have the right thoughts. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, I'm trying to find a visual of what does it look like to get from who I am to, you know, to, to a more devoted follower. And I'm not going to get that from the guy or the, you know, from the person or the leader that is, um, fronting you know just basically putting on this thing because what i'm going to get out of that is well he has it together i don't can we get that middle ground that gets me from where i'm at to you know where i can be and i think that when i'm willing to express that and show that to the guys in my group uh it almost is like this sigh of relief that happens in the group that says i don't have to come in here and uh wear a mask or present something and some you know i don't have to sit here and act like my marriage is perfect i don't have to sit here and act like i'm not too right ups away from losing my job you know it's it's all these things that uh, that free up honesty and free up vulnerability so honestly uh vulnerability only leads to more vulnerability it's never led to anything negative in my life so it's like that concept that we just talked about about being the leader and not being able to be vulnerable is actually like an old wives tale. It is. It's, it's a lie. Uh, it is, it's a lie of the enemy, <laughs> yeah. actually, to to try to get people to shut down. Because um, I, in leading my group, I have experienced uh, much the same type of dynamic that times when I just get real and raw and say, you know what? This is hard. This yep. part is challenging. I, Today I am on the struggle bus. Like <laughs> right. I'm not. I'm not there today. Right. Um, is that one? People rally around you. They, they pray do. for you. They encourage you. They support you. But they also come to the table and you say, you know what? Me too. Right. And wow, I didn't know that I could get help. Right. I kind of thought that I was uh, the only one. Exactly. There's this isolation dynamic isolation. that sets in on people. Um, which is interesting that the Bible refers to Satan as a lion going about seeking whom he may devour because lions hunt that way, right? right? They look for the sick, the old, the young, the ones that can't stay in the pack. The The animal, the, uh, the lion won't attack the pack uh, because even if he could win that, though it's unlikely he would win that battle, um, you know, he might hurt a bunch of people along the way, but he would not he would die in the process. Um, I actually was watching a thing and it said that lions actually have to pick certain types of prey mm -hmm. that they won't have to give too much energy for because there are a lot of animals in right. their in their ecosystem that they live in that don't contain enough calories huh. to actually make up for the energy for the they use yeah. for the attacks. I just thought it was interesting, that interesting. how that works out. but. 
But the Bible says that the enemy is a lion, uh, and he so he's looking to find the people that are not keeping up with the pack. Right. And so small groups are this beautiful picture of the ones that go back and get the one that mm-hmm. is out of the pack and brings them back into the pack, yeah. into a place of safety, into a place of partnership, into a place of family. Uh, I love Psalm 68, 6, that he takes the solitary, the lonely, yes, and he puts them family. into families. Amen. And we've got to have the body of Christ reflecting that reality. I believe that one of the things I just told my guys on Monday, because uh, we've had, you know, myself included, you know, people in seasons where they struggle. And I said to them, I would much rather you be around this table, pointing to the table that we meet around. And I go with with wrong thinking and even bad attitudes, but you're still here. Because you're here and you're surrounded by people that you actually, once you speak the words, that you'll see that we love you, we support you. And I go, it's so much different when you isolate during those times and you don't choose community and you only come when times are good, you only come when you're feeling strong or you have something to share. I go, those are the times when uh, when you're struggling and you're in this table, I said, you know, you don't have to come in here cleaned up or perfect. I go, I'd much rather hear even wrong thinking but if you're in this table in this community with these brothers like you have a better chance of uh of getting past that season that's so awesome so i just love just to kind of recapture uh some of the thoughts just in closing community is not an option uh, community can be the difference between getting lost in hard times and actually getting through hard times yes. to a place of greater strength as god always uses the garbage in our life to strengthen us and take us to heights we never expected. Um, Community needs to go beyond just our families. So we can't just have family time. Uh, Something that obviously you're creating an environment where the guys in your group recognize that and aren't their families strengthened in the process. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, two or three times. We've done it uh, three times now where we have uh, at the end of a a major chapter that we've read, uh, we'll have family time and we'll invite the wives and the kids to gather. And I really felt, not just for the fellowship, but I really felt that it was important to have their families see why their dads and why their husbands come here for two and a half hours, why they're sacrificing that time so that they can see that they're actually, they actually benefit you know they benefit from allowing uh this time to exist within their week you know because they come in they come in strengthened encouraged they come in filled up they come in prayed up and that it actually is uh, a benefit to them to have them you know yeah it might be difficult they're coming home from work you really need them to help out in the house but that they actually are getting more help by allowing them to come to the to the fellowship group than they are to hold on to them and not say, no, I really need you to stay home. And I think that that's why uh, it, it's proven that it needs to go beyond uh, just your family to say, you know, I married my best friend, I have my kids, I don't have any time for this. Right. I, I think that, that that type of thinking is actually detrimental to their actual situation. When and if they get into a pickle or a, a tough time, they will now not have the energy or the virtue to create community within their issues as opposed to now my guys go, they into an issue, I got my guys on Monday that I can reach out to, which makes a huge difference. You're not going to have the energy and the virtue to create that community within a crisis. Yeah, we'll need to come back for another episode actually to talk some 
about um, about that dynamic of community and how it helps um, it helps avoid a lot of times it helps avoid a lot of times of crisis because um, if we isolate ourselves to just our family unit we don't have other perspectives um, to help call us out when we're thinking wrong and when we think wrong for too Absolutely. long we go long long time the wrong direction right and course corrections when you catch them immediately are good and easy uh, course corrections when they've gone a long long so much time harder. The, way harder so um well max i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to oh, be welcome. a guest on the show today you have been a real blessing uh to our podcast and um man i would love to hear from you guys all out there um how how are you doing in in building community if you're leading a group if you're part of a group i would love to hear creative ideas of what you're doing to build community intentionally in those groups. Um, you can reach me at rickm at manahouse.church. Also would just welcome any feedback you have for ideas of future episodes, questions, comments, concerns. And as always, if you're finding this content to be valuable to you, I would love it if you would like, share, comment, mm -hmm. get the word out for us, um, just so more people can be aware of what's going on here. With that, uh, Max Bravo and I say thank you for being a part of the audience today. And we just say God bless you and have the most amazing day.